Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right, time to get into some holiday-related content. We know that the holidays can be a really tough time if you have been working on your relationship with food and body image. And this time of the year, people tend to make a lot of unsolicited comments about what food they should or shouldn't be eating, what types of food, how much, going back for seconds. And sometimes you might find yourself either an unwilling participant or observer to conversations about food, bodies that you'd just rather not be a part of. So what we wanted to do in today's episode and going forward as well is to take some time before all of the November and December holidays kick into high gear to talk about how to set some boundaries for holiday food and body conversations. And Christina and I wanted to make sure that we are supporting you with some resources in addition to today's podcast that you can go back to time and time and again to support you. So we're going to be doing an entire episode today on this. We also are going to have links to what we call our Tough Conversations PDF. So this is a totally free resource that walks you through different conversations that you may find yourself in the middle of or comments that you might find yourself either observing or on the receiving end of and how you can redirect those conversations to a more body and food neutral space and to kind of protect your own personal bubble. We also mentioned a couple of other resources in here. We're talking about a mindful pause exercise and then we're also dropping a bonus episode this weekend that is more of a workshop style episode all about supporting your relationship with food and body image during the holidays so that is going to be over on patreon as well Further, coming up in a couple of weeks, because we did not want to forget the very large portion of listeners and clients that we have that are dealing with chronic health conditions and autoimmune disease and or symptoms that they feel like they need to manage during the holidays, we're going to do an entire episode on this coming up in a couple of weeks and how to navigate managing your symptoms and also managing your relationship with food when all of the different holiday things are going on and you're also trying to navigate different conversations and foods to eat and everything like that. One more thing to bring up is if you find yourself or other people are talking about things like Ozempic or other semi-glutides or the newest magic pill weight loss medication, because Christina and I were talking about this before, and this is most likely that is something that's going to come up on this year's holiday table or holiday tables. All of the things that we are talking about in today's episode and all the things that we are talking about in the How to Navigate Tough Conversations extra document that we're going to give you, all of those can also be applied to conversations about those different, um, what really are diabetes medications, but are now being used as weight loss medications as well. So let's just jump right in. to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. I'm Dana. And I'm Christina. (laughs) 
we're going to be talking about the holidays today because yeah. I know I've been having this conversation a lot with my clients. Christina has been talking about this with her clients in terms of food and body image talk. So today's episode, we're going to be giving you some tips and tools and things to prepare for holiday food and body talk over the holiday table this year. <laughs> Yeah, and we find this topic so important that we've even created a handout for you guys that you can download that has like holiday specific conversations and kind of responses. And it's really our, we call it our tough conversations um, navigation guide or something like that. But it will be really helpful. It's something you can print out, look at, read through. Maybe, maybe you'll see <laughs> practice. Maybe you'll see some very specific things that you know your aunt has said to you on there. Um, who knows? And then you'll see the exact response. But we really tried to think about some of the things, and we actually, you know, crowdsourced like what other people have actually had said to them. And we've even talked to some of our clients about some of the things that are being said to them and what's triggering for them and how it how they react. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's important to kind of anticipate some body and food comments to be coming, um, especially with people that you haven't seen in a long time. And because for some reason for, I don't know why, I feel like COVID has brought this out more, like people making comments about it and like talking about it more than usual. Um, maybe it's just a new, like, piece of the puzzle I don't know but everyone seems to be perfectly fine with saying oh you know so you've changed holidays are already hard with extended family a lot of times and I think we can anticipate it being a little bit more wowza uh yeah for sure so on today's episode and in the freebie that will be linked in the show notes so go right there if you don't know how to find the show notes by the way in whatever podcast catcher that you're listening to in I use Overcast, you can just literally swipe left on the album art or the episode picture cover, and they're right there. In the Apple Podcast app, you literally just click on it, and then you just scroll down, and they're going to be there. And that's kind of how it is for most places. But before we get to all of the tools and the discussion and the tips and tricks and like how to handle this in the moment and what you can also do to one, set boundaries with people. And then two, another thing that we've talked about with clients and one thing that really throws people off during the holidays is how do I feel better and basically not like throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? How can we add some certain nutrition and like lifestyle type things in to support having more of a structure without doing a whole protocol or a diet or elimination to kind of like create a facade of control. So we're going to be giving you stuff for that. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. I think one of the things that we wanted to make sure that you got from this first and foremost is kind of a validation. The holidays itself can be relatively stressful too, just on its own. And so now we have this level added on top of it. And then like we said at the beginning, for whatever reason, COVID has brought out the it's okay to talk about people's body thing to some extent. And I don't understand why, but it's happened. And so I think one, it's we wanted you to leave knowing like it's okay if you're feeling a little weird about the holidays and nervous about them. And then two, 
like this permission that it's okay that you feel weird and that it feels harder than normal and that you're anxious about seeing people for a myriad of reasons. And something to think about too, because this episode is going to be a lot about food and body talk and everything like that. But when we talk about behaviors and reflections on our own behaviors and thoughts specifically related to our own relationship with food and body image, even if you've been working on this for a while, you can pretty much expect that thoughts of restriction or control. Like when we think about exercise and food, a lot of people turn to those as a comfort or defense or coping mechanism because other things feel out of control in their lives. So if you do find that those thoughts are coming up, that's pretty much expected and normal, right? And we can have those thoughts and experience those thoughts without actually acting on them because we know that the on the other side of those behaviors, we don't actually feel more in control. We don't actually feel better, right? So for example, if you tend towards restriction or if you tend towards eating for emotional reasons as a coping tool, remember that it's normal and it's pretty much expected during this holiday season and this coming January, right? It's pretty normal that these thoughts and impulses might be louder, let's say, than they normally are or they have been the past couple of months and you can call it out like I'm having this thought whether it's more restrictive it's more bingy it's more overeating you can identify that the thought is there without having to act on it yeah I think it's also really important too for I mean really for anyone like Dana's saying if you just tend towards these things but I always am thinking about my my clients that have an active eating disorder or they're in active recovery from an eating disorder to validate that it's okay that right now we might slip, you know, that there might be some back backsliding a little bit here or feeling like those impulses are getting louder. And I think validating that too. And like you said, calling it out and asking for help too. Like, you know, if you're just tend towards this and you know, you want to work on it, calling it out and saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to try to actively go against that impulse and I'm going to try to work against it. Uh, or I'm going to, you know, as we'll talk more about later, but pulling in team and support to help you through the holidays, I think is also equally as important. Yeah. One I mean, of the things work with yeah. your practitioner that you've worked with before, whether it's someone like me or Christina, or if it's your therapist or, you know, whoever it is, don't try and do this alone. It's so much easier when you've got somebody else that you can just kind of like word vomit, brain dump on that you're paying them who's a professional in this field who is probably dealing with almost every single other client that they have is also dealing with the same thing. You don't have to figure it out on your own. Yeah, and I think also too, like, you know, thinking about it from a from a standpoint of how can I get more mindful around certain things as well and the more that we bring more awareness around something the more mindful we are about it and once we call it out and we're able to name it the more easy it is to tap into the various tools that we have available as well sometimes like Dana's saying that's tapping into a support network whether it's your practitioner or whomever or maybe it's just thinking about what you've been told by either listening to this podcast or um, doing one of our courses or even um, you know working with a practitioner or whomever or what you've read around what tools can I use to help support me in this area and what what can I, what's available to me to use and being able to mindfully select what tool you want to use. And sometimes it is going back to to old habits, you know, or something, right? Because it feels overwhelming and that's okay too. So I think that's just important to kind of note as well. Yeah. So let's talk about 
how do we handle these harmful comments in the moment? <laughs> right? Because this can give you all a preemptive strike, things to think about, listen to us in your ears over and over again on your way to holiday meals, right? Holiday parties, whatever it is, right? So we have this PDF that we will put in the show notes that's got a bunch of different things that scenarios have said and su- suggested responses that vary from very polite boundary setting to we're not going to talk about this right or thanks for informing me that this is more about you than it is about me right depending on your personality type and your capacity that day you can choose from this myriad of options <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm I definitely recommend downloading the thing, but let's talk about some of them. One of the ones that I really love, and I'm going to call Casey out on this. My husband is really, really good at this. Um, He really loves to kind of put it back on the other person, like to have them kind of realize or take a moment to pause and kind of realize what they're saying by simply saying, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Or, oh, what do you mean by that? Like asking clarification, because a lot of times the moment you stop and think like, what, oh, what did I mean by that? Like, or saying, oh, I don't get it, huh? Like something like that really puts them in this place of being able and having to explain what they mean. And as they're explaining it, it's like it's really difficult to not realize how egregious it is in the explanation process. A lot of times he'll say, too, that a lot of times people will honestly just say, oh, nothing, don't worry, (laughs) don't worry about it, or I didn't mean anything by it. And then to me, that kind of puts it on them to kind of self-reflect, right? And to kind of think about what, what, what did that mean? What was that? You know, um, or if they say, well, I'm just joking. Well, joking about what? Like, what do you mean? What are you joking about? And I think that kind of puts it into, you know, kind of like puts them in the driver's seat of reflection rather than on you. It's like kind of like a like a zinger, but polite zinger. It's of like a mirror. Kind of, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Let's look at you. What's what's that all about? Which I love that one. I'm not always good at doing that, but I really love it when it happens. <laughs> Yeah. So one other thing we wanted to talk about too, before we get into the like actual things that you can say to people, I love that one. Cause that one's just like hard boundary, explain yourself. Are you going to say that fat phobic thing again? Right. Ugh. But we also wanted to acknowledge that sometimes it's okay to not say anything at all. Right. And we, Christine and I were talking about this yesterday when we were planning for this episode is Sometimes even we, as practitioners who have been working in this field, have been on our own body image and food journeys for, you know, years at this point, sometimes even we freeze up, right? It's not, we're not saying that you have to have, you know, the great response to every single thing that happens. And we don't want you to expect that to be the situation either, because there have definitely been times when I'm around our family's holiday table or other places with people where I'm just like, Internally, I'm like, do they really just say that? I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond to that, right? And typically what's going to happen when you're in one of these scenarios, because these comments are perceived as a threat, 
especially when you're working on your body image and relationship with food and even before you've started on this journey, right? If you've got trouble with dieting in your body image, it's already a threat, right? So if somebody says something, you're going to go into one of three pathways. It's either going to be fight, flight, or freeze, right? Your nervous system response. And if you get caught in freeze because you don't know what to say, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you've failed and you're probably going to have shower thoughts later of like, oh, here's this amazing thing that I was going to say to this person and I listened to that podcast and I thought I was going to do it. It happens to us too. I am the queen of shower thoughts. I'm the queen of going back later and being like, this is what I'm going to say. And in the moment, I tend to freeze or I sometimes even too, and I think this is a fair thought as well is that sometimes it's a matter of one getting cut off guard and two not really sure how to interpret what they said like I think that happens a lot too like sometimes I'll second guess my reaction and say am I over analyzing this or is this something else or what was that all about and I think it's perfectly okay like Dana's saying to say to yourself hey you know what it's okay for me to kind of self to not say anything and for me to take it in and kind of figure it out and then reflect later how I feel about it and then you can come up with a response or not you know if it's worth going back and talking to them about then you can you can decide to do that if you want to or not and you know sometimes silence or just not participating sends an even louder message than saying anything right so I think I talked about this on the podcast last year but my family was playing this just like a card game similar to Cards Against Humanity, something like that, but like a family-friendly version, right? And there was a bunch of like very negative body image, self-deprecating, like fat-phobic cards and stuff in there. And I just didn't laugh at some of them. And then after a couple of them, people realized like, oh, you're not laughing. This is kind of weird. They're like, oh, why aren't you laughing? You're like, oh, I didn't think that was funny. And people are like, what do you mean you didn't think that was funny? I'm like, oh, I just thought, you know, that was, that sounds pretty harmful. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's funny. And then even if you say nothing else, it gets people thinking, oh, wait a minute. This is kind of a really mean thing to say. Even if you don't do any further education, because like we've said many times before, this stuff is hard to talk about. This stuff is hard to accept. This is why we do so much education about the research and health at every size and weight inclusive care and everything like that but not everybody's ready for that most people are not ready for that right so we also aren't encouraging you to be the like the weight neutral health at every size like religious cult right that's like going out and trying to convert everyone to this you have to meet people where they are and they have to come into these realizations on their own you can you know give them some nuggets here and there of explaining this is what I've been doing But pushing it on other people is not going to be the way that gets them to a more neutral place. Yeah, I think um, I think you're really right around the the idea of like not everyone's ready for that conversation yet. And also, too, you might not be ready to have that conversation yet. Like you're still working on it for yourself and maybe you haven't fully like attached onto it completely but you want to attach onto it so you're still working in on it working on it and so you might not be ready to have that conversation to convince someone that they should be on that journey too you know if we're still on it and we're not fully there yet that can be really hard and also too it can create kind of like I find to be something that could be even even more triggering is when someone pushes against this new belief system that you're working on and you're still trying to attach to and then they beat that down and then they make you question the whole thing at like at all 
I find that to be even more dangerous. So to me, sometimes it's better to not feel like you're trying to convert everyone to this. And sometimes it's safer for you to just be quiet and think about it and reflect on it and say, you know what, that was not cool to say. And maybe later come back and say, hey, you know, I didn't appreciate you saying that to me, you know, and coming up from that perspective and seeing how that is. But yeah, I think it's really important to um, protect where you are in your journey as well. And that really is the ultimate aim of these various responses and things that we've got for you, right? So it really depends on where you are, your capacity, the people that you're surrounded by, right? If you're going into an entirely, like very vocally fat phobic environment, probably not going to be the best thing to like start spouting out about all this stuff because if you're on your own, that's a very lonely island to be on, right? So just stay in your island, protect yourself, right? So we've got things ranging from a hard boundary to be set to all the way to an invitation of like, oh, I've been learning about this with my practitioner on this podcast. Like if you want to learn more about it, here you go. And that's that's the end, right? So we'll give you some examples. So some of these are ones that we've gotten from our Facebook group, um, which we're not super active anymore in just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> so if you've been tagging us and stuff, we're just, the bucket is full. We're not in there. So... <laughs> But other ones that we've crowdsourced from Instagram, from our clients, everything like that. So um, here's a big example that we see all the time is some variation from a relative of fill in the blank. I really think you should try and lose some weight. Period. It's like, oh. Where do we even want to go with this one? You know, I mean, my my favorite response, I think, is that you can say, I've been critiquing my body my entire life and that hasn't gotten me anywhere. So I'm not going to do that anymore. It's my body and I get to decide. Basically, kindly, as per my last email, corporate speak for please leave me alone and F off. <laughs> that one's so brutal. It's just, it's honestly, I... I think that also fits with the, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like it's a perfect, great, a great one to say back in response to that too, if you don't know what else to say. Um, another one too that we see a lot is like a variation of body comparisons to others. Like one was um, your cousin runs for an hour and eats blueberries as snacks. You could look like her if you did that too, was one that like actually was sent to us directly. Um, and our kind of like thought, thoughtful responses, you know, we're two completely different people. Even if we ate the exact same meals and moved the exact same ways, our bodies would still be different. I think it's like a perfect kind of succinct way of saying, you know, like, why are you doing this? And also too, like, why are we pitting cousins against each other? Like, why are we doing that too? Like, why are we holding each other to standards and creating this weird competitive environment? Um, wildly unnecessary. Yeah, there we always hear some combination of, and this isn't always at the holiday dinner table, right? This is more in relation to activities that you might be participating in, right? You're probably going to start to hear and see a lot of commentary around earning and burning foods in relation to exercise whether you're at a Pilates studio or you're at a gym or you're just scrolling on social media, right? My first tip would be if you're seeing anything like that on social media, unfollow those people, right? Just 
get them out of your feed. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life, right? I know we're always talking about like adding in things to provide structure and whatever. This is one thing that I highly, highly, strongly advocate for eliminating from your feed. (laughs) Instead of eliminating foods, we're eliminating toxic people. How about that? Um, But if there is some situation where someone says this to you directly because this isn't really something that you can say if you're for example like a group participant in a class and the Pilates instructor is like we're gonna do x amount of lunges so you can earn or burn off your pumpkin pie whatever it's probably not the time to be like hey so that's a really toxic mentality and I would really appreciate if you didn't say that because I've been working on my body image and relationship with food and that's really triggering to me that's probably not what you're going to say in the although you might get class. some applause <laughs> although you might get some applause from other people in the class you might just yeah. that but that is something that you can say if it's just one-on-one be like hey that kind of thinking really hasn't served me well before and I've been trying to get away from that so could we not say that you know or something like that we have more succinct responses in the document too but another one that you'll probably hear I think this is one that is pretty much a guarantee is about specific diets and things that people have been doing to lose weight and this can be a very triggering situation for people right and the thing that I like to remind my clients of is like If someone is making comments about that, about themselves, they're not in the same mental headspace that you are. They're not here yet, right? They're not ready to work on their relationship with food because they're still in the mindset where they believe that losing weight is going to fix all their problems and it's going to turn into rainbows and unicorns at the end. So I think having a little bit of compassion for that mindset, being like, wait a minute, I used to be here. They're just not here yet. And I understand that mindset It's not about you, right? They're projecting onto you, but it's really about them. So if you hear something like, oh, my doctor told me to try the keto diet for six months to improve my blood markers. Like if you're having these issues, like maybe you should try that too, or that would be so great for you. I know you've been wanting to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. There's many different directions that you can go here, right? You can say like, hey, I'm actually working with a professional and I'm going to stick with what they've been guiding me on with personalized nutrition, but thanks anyway. Or it can be something like, I'm glad you're feeling better, but I like to keep my eyes on my own plate. Boom, right? Drop the mic and leave. Just literally turn around and walk away. Unless you're sitting at the dinner table, probably a little bit rude, right? But then you can also say something a little bit more compassionate. We would say like the Christina response to this as opposed to like the Dana Jersey response to this, right? You could say something like, I'm glad you're feeling better, but I've found that everyone's body is so different and requires such different things. And just because something works for one person, that doesn't mean that it works for everyone, right? And if they respond something like, oh, but you won't know until you try, you can just say, thanks, but I'm really not interested. Yeah. Very succinct, very clear. Very Christine. And also, I'm very kind. The clearest <laughs> kind. One thing that I want to talk about, too, is when people, when some of the other comments, too, are around when people talk about how they're being about around food. Like, oh, I'm going to be bad and get seconds, or I'm going to do this and, and do that. And then it makes us, a lot of times, too, what ends up happening as like a, a rebound effect is we start thinking, oh, well, what are you thinking about my plate? Or the fact that, oh, I already went back for seconds. Like, like what? Um, or them making a comment or them commenting if we didn't go back. You know, like maybe we didn't go back for seconds and they make a they make a comment. Oh, good for you. You're being so good. One of the things that I really like that you can say that's very succinct is, oh, I don't really, I don't think food has a moral value. 
you know, because a lot of times I think, uh, I think what I like about this too, is it kind of implants a, huh, what do you mean by that? You know, because the, um, people who are the recipients of, of hearing, I don't think food has a moral value. It might be the first time they've even thought about the language that they've used as maybe even applying moral value to food. Like maybe they never even thought about it that way before or really thought about it. Cause a lot of the times those things that we say about food are like autopilot. It's like so culturally ingrained that people don't even think about what it means when they say certain stuff. And so I really like that one because it kind of does twofold. One, it tells them I'm not interested in having that conversation with you. And two, it kind of plants a seed for them to think about later, if they're even interested, honestly, of thinking about it and saying, what do they mean by moral value? Like about that, you know? Which I think is kind of a cool way to kind of approach it as well. One thing that I wanted to talk about too is we've been talking about how we can kind of anticipate that these are all going to be stressful situations, right? If you have read or listened to the burnout book by Amelia and Emily Nagoski, they talk a lot about completing the stress cycle, right? So this is a stressor, an external event that is causing internal stress in the body, right? built up unprocessed emotions just because you've left the situation that caused the stress meaning you go home from your relative's house or the dinner is over or whatever you're not done with the stress that that situation caused it's still unprocessed and in your body right so thinking about some things that you can do to complete that cycle, right? We want to close that loop so that stress that's been caused from the holidays, even if the holidays are ongoing, right? We can think about closing little loops and then closing bigger loops, right? Let's close the toxic holiday body talk one day at a time, right? And so a couple of things that they talk about are different ways to complete the stress cycle and everybody's going to be different. But one of the main things that they talk about is like, some kind of physical activity that can be dancing around. It can be just going for a walk and can be whatever you want. We are not advocating for earning and burning your food. This is not what we are saying, right? But what we're saying is we want you to do something and you know your body better than we do, right? It can be singing in your car. It can be dancing around with your kids, taking your dog for a walk, doing something called progressive muscle relaxation. I can also... Um, put that note in the show notes, which is something you can do laying in your bed, right? These are all tools that you can use to release that pent up stress. Because again, just because you've left the stressor behind, you've left the holiday table, you've left that conversation, whatever it is, you need to process it out of your body so it doesn't continue to affect you going forward. Another one that they mentioned too now, um, um, if you have like, I don't know if you follow Gottman, but Gottman's a relationship um, therapist and they talk about one called a six second kiss with your, with your partner or whomever, which can be really beneficial as well. And also a hug, a 20 second hug, a 20 second hug also can do it too. So um, that's definitely something that can be accessible if you have a partner or someone that you want to do that with or whatever, but or I'll tell you, or a pet. I know I do that with Billy. <laughs> or Elodie. Maybe not and a six-second kiss, but definitely a 20-second hug. 20-second hug. I know, I can't give Billy a six-second kiss. I think she would start looking me like crazy. <laughs> but I will say it's really, it does help relax you. And I know for myself, like when Casey and I, like 
give each other a hug after like a long day, you can definitely feel like your shoulders relaxing and feeling a little bit better. And so sometimes that's really all you need if you're able to get it. So um, that can be helpful if that's available too. Like if we can't always like go and go do some movement of some kind, but I'm also a big fan of taking a bath or taking singing songs in the shower, things like that. Um, that can be really helpful to give you a little bit of a, a little bit, honestly, in some ways, kind of like a mindful moment to kind of to kind of check in with yourself and kind of be playful in some ways too. And remember the burnout and self care that conversations that we've been having. You know, this whole fall basically is after these kinds of situations, you need to do some replenishing self care, right? So remember. You are a plant. <laughs> you need some sunlight. You need some sleep. You need some food in you. You got to, you know, like move around. Your leaves need to get in the sun somehow, right? <laughs> and like we mentioned before, talking with a practitioner can be so helpful during this time to help you either preemptively prepare for the holidays or post kind of do like a debriefing situation like, oh my God, can you believe all the things that happen? And they can give you some tools because they, unless we work together, like you and me, Christina and you, whoever's listening to the podcast, whoever's ears are in, right? Unless you work with us as a client, your practitioner, hopefully, knows you better than we do, right? And so they'll be able to give you personalized, customized tools to help you do some replenishing self-care based on whatever fits in your schedule, your capacity, where your nervous system is that day. And then how to complete that stress cycle. So knowing that there's probably going to be other stressful situations and things that are going to come up during the holidays. And then obviously with all of the diet culture nonsense talk that's going to be bombarded very soon towards you if it's not coming that way already. We need to make sure that we're doing replenishing and protective measures knowing that this stuff is coming right so I always think it's better to go in with a plan some kind of preparedness knowing that it's not going to be smooth sailing from here through January so come up with some tools that are going to be working for you another one that I'll mention too probably before we we like probably fully wrap up is one that I really love called um I call it my emotional eating mindful check-in, but it doesn't even have to be for emotional eating. It can just be kind of like a mindful check-in for yourself is that you kind of take a moment, pause, and you kind of see how am I reacting to food right now? Is it kind of chaotic? Am I feeling kind of overwhelmed by it? How am I feeling in this moment around this thing? Can I identify any other emotions that are coming up around me? Like, am I feeling anger? Am I feeling frustration? Am I feeling grief? Am I feeling, you know, um, sadness? Maybe something happened in the last year that you're grieving or something and you're noticing these feelings. Maybe there's something coming up. And then what you do when you're in that moment is you can identify and select, is this the tool that I want to use to cope with this emotion right now? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is, yeah, this is what's available to me or other tools are not available to me. But then other times it can be, you know what, I have other tools in my tool belt that I'm going to try as well. Maybe I'll get my weighted blanket. Maybe I'll take a, um, a, a nice long bath. Maybe I'll go for a walk. All of the things that are available to us that we can do um, in that moment or again, validating that we can use food as a coping 
mechanism. And we have very strategically and very effectively used it as a coping skill. And sometimes it's a coping skill we want to, we tap into occasionally. Um, But I really like the, what I like about the mindful check-in around this is that it puts you a little bit more in the driver's seat around the choice of acting on using that as your coping skill rather than feeling like it's controlling you you're aware of it you're thinking about it and you're making a conscious effort to say hey you know what I do want to do that this is the way that I'm going to cope with this I'm feeling a lot of things um this has always helped me and I'm going to go I'm going to go that route and I think that there's some valid choice in that love that so yeah all right, friends, we've got some tools for you. Check them out in the yes. show notes. Highly recommend. Give us some feedback on this episode. If you have questions yeah. that you would like us to address throughout the holiday season with an episode or anything like that, we are here for you. You can always reach us on Instagram. You can reach us on email, hello at wholeheartedeating.com. If you're loving the show, shameless plug to throw us a review or a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. It doesn't have to be on the Apple Podcast Store app or whatever. People listen to podcasts everywhere. So um, if yeah. you could recommend us anywhere, that would be uh, much appreciated. Share this episode with a friend. Do whatever you want to do. Thank you guys so much and hang in there this holidays. We're, we're here for you. Also, we're not just leaving. We'll be here every week during the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> hey friends, it's Dana. And thanks so much for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast today. Find us on social media at Wholehearted Eating Pod on Instagram and at wholeheartedeating.com for more information about working with Dana and Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling. If you love the show, we would love you forever if you'd share an episode with your family and friends or tag us on social media or leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people find the show. Check out patreon.com slash wholeheartedeating to help support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes with us and our guests, episode discussions, new resources we're creating for Patreon, and so much more. If you have questions for us, feedback on the show, potential topics or guests you'd love to have on, shoot us an email at hello at wholeheartedeating.com and we'll see you next week.